On today's episode, we're going to be talking about deception in two parts. Today being specifically on how Satan increases our tolerance for deception on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that's putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. This is our goal. And uh, we want to talk about deception. And in the scriptures, there's a a specific scripture that I want to talk about. And um, if if you're watching this today and you're not a follower of Christ, this may be kind of challenging for you because uh, I'll be using lots of scriptures and uh, it's designed more for people who are followers of Christ. But listen anyway, because because God will bless you with it in some way, okay? Uh, so, but Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, and verses 3 and 4, put it this way. They say that, uh, that uh, and here, here they are. Uh, they say basically that, um, uh, but I'm afraid that as the serpent de- uh, deceived Eve, by its cunning, meaning Satan, right? Your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, and you submit to it readily enough. And he's talking about, at the time, people... Who, of the Corinthian church who were kind of like uh, believing anything that kind of comes down the pike. And don't we live in that day-to-day where there's so much mass media and so much oversaturation of, of information that a lot of Christians are getting their information not from the Bible, but from media. And that can be a dangerous thing. But I just want to talk today briefly about five ways that Satan deceives believers. How, how does Satan deceive believers? Well, the first way is this, by increasing our tolerance for deceptive deceptive teaching. And how does Satan do that? Things like syncretism. Syncretism is is when you combine different religions or different ideas and say, okay, this whole patchwork of ideas, that's what I believe. And that can be very dangerous because uh, uh, Jesus was very specific when he says, I am the door of of the sheepfold, right? Right. he who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son has not life. So this is what make, makes Christianity different, that God is saying this is the only way. and But also our desires can lead us to be deceived. Have you ever noticed that whenever you fall into temptation or believing something, there's something in you that wanted that? And uh, James is specific when it says that when we're tempted, we're led by our own desires, that God doesn't tempt us. We, we're the ones. There's something inside us. What about offenses? We can be offended. And the real clickbait of offense is that maybe I'm justified into thinking, you wronged me, so you owe me something. Um, but our offenses can lead us to self, that, that, that self-deception that says, well, you know, I don't have to forgive them because they owe me an apology or they, they need to make it right with me. Uh, what about our, our need to make sense of the world? Uh, it, it is said that conspiracy theories abound when when the world has chaos the way it does today with COVID and, and this whole craziness. And so there's all these crazy conspiracy theories. And uh, often I, I walk into people that are into this stuff and they spend hours and hours on these things. What about a uh, not only our need to make sense of the world, but what about maybe our need for justice in the world? 
uh, our need for justice can lead us to deception because we can actually think that if I do good works and I do stuff on the streets and help people, that I'll be saved, and that's my salvation, and that's the self-deception, right? What about a cynical or critical spirit? Um, there's nothing that can open us more to deception than we're ne- when we're disillusioned and critical and kind of poo-pooing everything in the world, uh, because we will be more ripe to believe anything that comes down our path. And things like discouragement and uh, can lead to deception, or feeding on flattery, that, that's another big one. Uh, but the point being that when we when we uh, feed on flattery, let's say, uh, somebody can can worm their way into our lives by feeding us compliments and making us feel great, but then there's an agenda behind that, and that's the difference between when a when a parent or a loved one gives you a compliment versus someone flatters you. Flattery implies that behind the scenes they want something, right? But another way that we can uh, submit ourselves to to be open to deception, how Satan increases the tolerance for deception in life, in our life, is by minimizing the Bible in our lives. And a, a Pew Research poll says that 23% of us didn't read a single book in the last year. That's three times the number of people who read books in, let's say, 1978. And three times the number of, or rather, whether it's the internet, whether it's video, the TV, or increased time spent on entertainment and sports, Americans are spending less time between the pages of any book, not just a good book. So imagine if people aren't reading books, they're not reading their Bible. A recent LifeWay research poll said they found that 45% of those who who regularly attend church, right, they say, "I'm, I'm a Christian, read the Bible more than once a week. And over 40% of the people attending are reading the Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month, if at all. In fact, 18% of attenders say that they never read the Bible. That's a little scary because when you're not grounded in what God says, you're going to be be knocked over by what the world says. So what are some signs today maybe of, of, of Bible illiteracy in your life? Well, what about this? You read only when you have problems. You read only when you have problems. And how many of us have done it? I've done it in my life where you're kind of a little cold towards God and then you have a problem or struggle and you immediately go to prayer or or you read a scripture that maybe will encourage you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, of course, God wants us to love Him as as He is, right? So, uh, you know, without just wanting something. Um, But another thing is is, uh, you can't quote five scriptures by memory. Um, you you misquote the Bible. I, I've heard that many times over 30 plus years of ministry experience. Uh, you're still on the milk and not on the meat of the word. Uh, and, and what that really means is that we're still just on the basic salvation scriptures and, and repenting scriptures. We're not growing out of that. We're not growing out of the idea that we can walk in purity without having to repent every every you know every day. Uh, there's a, there's a, a way we can live that can walk that we can live right, right? Um, you don't go to the Word first, but other sources for truth. Or maybe your life is being uh, more shaped by social media than it is by the Word of God. And these things are uh, are critical to understand. Many people equate social media with truth today. And it's the only place where they get their information, their beliefs, their worldview. And so 
It's no wonder why there's so much confusion in the world, especially when Christians are getting sucked into a lot of conspiracies and things that are just not grounded in, in God's Word. And the problem with social media is this. It can be really, really good, and it can be really, really bad at the same time. I love I love uh, YouTube, for instance, for the how-to videos that when I'm doing a project, I could just dial into a, a great website, you know, a great YouTube channel that has a great way to... to to convert something or to build something or to fix something. And I love that. On the other hand, there's the there's a dark side, right? All these things have a dark side. And the only way that we can know the difference between them is by knowing the Word of God for ourselves. So what happens when social media is the only perspective that we get? Well, when social media is the only perspective we get, uh, something happens that is very interesting. Um, and it happened to Job's friends in the scriptures. I'll show it to you. Uh, Job's friends uh, had this problem where they, God rebuked them because they had this weird perspective of Job when Job went through his suffering. They judged him by saying, well, he's suffering because there's sin in his life. And he did something wrong, obviously. So, so basically what happens is uh, God says this to them. He said, it says, after the Lord spoke to these, uh, t- he spoke these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Wow. So think about it for a minute that when, 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 when our only source of, of truth comes from outside sources, then we'll be like these people that we just make these judgments that that uh, have nothing to do with God, and but another thing happens when when social media is is my only source for truth, and that is this: that truth becomes manipulated to fit whatever people want. And I read this article where uh, Stephen King, the famous uh, horror author, he. Uh, he said that he said I made a decision to believe in God because it's better to believe than not to believe. If I got power greater than myself, okay, that's fine. I I can use that to make life livable and good. And when I read this, I said, boy, it almost sounds noble, but really it's not. He's missing the point because what happens is when we don't have God, when it, when we don't do it by the by the, by God's way, by the Bible way then truth becomes manipulated to fit whatever people want. And that's the dangerous thing. And there's a scripture that that puts it this way. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. The one fatal flaw of social media is that anyone can revise the truth and make it fit whatever they want. It reminds me of the story of Animal Farm, where after the animals had, had overthrown the farmer, and uh, they worked hard, and they created, you know, their own new world order, so to speak. And they created seven commandments, and this was the leaders, the pigs and the donkey created seven commandments. And as time passed, the language of the commandments began changing. For example, after the pigs became drunk one night, uh, the the commandment that no animals should drink alcohol was changed to was changed by the pigs to this, no animal shall drink alcohol to excess. So because the pigs and the donkey were the only ones who really could read, 
they were able to deceive the rest of the animals. And this is the world we're living in where, where, where if we're not grounded in the Word, we're going to be at the mercy of those who are changing the narrative. And the only way to know if the pigs, and in this case, wolves we call them in the Bible, the only way to know if the wolves are changing the rules is to know the Word of God for yourself, to know what God is saying and compare what you're hearing or seeing to the Word of God. That's why the most dangerous part of, of any truth, or of any lie rather, is, is the part of it that is true. And only by knowing the Word of God can we discern what is legitimate and what is not legitimate. But another way that, that, um, that Satan increases our tolerance for deception is this way. And we're trying to move through these points because there's a lot of notes today, but is this way, by, by decentralizing Christ in our lives. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? In 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, it says, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed. What does he mean by that? There are so many versions of the way Christ can be presented that can be versions that are more palatable to our happiness and our desires than the actual Jesus that was presented. And for instance, today you have the Jesus of prosperity. Find him and you'll be rich. You have the Jesus of, of only grace and forgiveness. You'll never be condemned. You'll never have to repent. You'll never have to you know, change your life. He's here to make you happy. There's the militant Jesus that is only found in acts of social justice in the world. There's the all about me Jesus, right? The narcissistic Jesus that says he exists to make you happy and to, to just give you whatever you want in life. There's the cool Jesus. Jesus will fit into my lifestyle, my hobbies, and never ask me to do anything too hard. There's the religious Jesus. That, that's the Jesus that attends church and, and you, know, you pay your tithe and you live your life as you please, but there's no real life. There's no real abiding in your life, right? So people can follow Jesus. They can follow his principles. They can follow his ethics. They can follow his cause. They can follow everything about him except him. So would the real Jesus stand up, please? Everyone talks about Jesus, but who is the real Jesus? Acts 4.13. I love something that Peter said in boldness. Acts, uh, he said this. He said, now when, some, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Wow! <laughs> Think about this. That there, There's something about these two men where they, they said, these guys have the real thing. This is not some, some snake oil salesman deal that they're trying to offer. There's something real about what they're saying. And another scripture is, is a beautiful one in Galatians 2.20 that, that says something like this. It says, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I want you to be challenged by this thought today. Who do you say that he is? How we approach life, how we approach work, family, politics, ministry, reveals our grasp on Jesus and Jesus' grasp on us, said, said David Garland. But two more ways I'm going to give you, and I'm going to call it a day here, but uh, how else does Satan increase your tolerance for, for deception? 
He does it this way. He does it by substituting by substituting another spirit for the Holy Spirit. Now think about this for a second. Again, Paul says it in 2 Corinthians 11.4, if you receive a different spirit, right? What did Paul actually proclaim? Like what spirit did Paul actually proclaim? And he did, he proclaimed this. I'll give you a little, little chart here that, you know, I'll, I'll just fly through it real quick, but he gave us this. The Spirit who fills us, the Spirit who empowers us, the Spirit who convicts us of sin, the Spirit who lives in us, the Spirit who seals us, the Spirit who teaches us, the Spirit who guides us, the Spirit who reminds us, the Spirit who bears fruit through us, the Spirit who comforts us, the Spirit who equips us. This is this is more, more or less what Paul proclaimed, and a lot of those scriptures are, are in Paul's epistles, in fact. And so... If that's the spirit he proclaimed, what's what's another spirit? What did he mean by another spirit? Well, when you look at what what these false apostles were saying that were deceiving the Corinthian church, uh, Paul kind of nailed it in 2 Corinthians 11.13 where he says, For such boasters or false apostles, deceitful workers, distinguishing themselves as apostles of Christ. They were people who were, uh, they were deceiving the Corinthian church. They were arrogant. They were boastful, they were greedy, they were driven by the importance of titles, they were driven by love of power, by materialism, by pride, and compromise. So this constitutes another spirit. So how do you represent the Holy Spirit? And I want to give you one more before we close it out today. How does Satan increase tolerance for deception in our life? This way, by substituting another gospel for the gospel of Christ. And we find that, and again, Paul said it. I, I won't show it show it to you on on the on the uh, the scripture. But he says, I fear that maybe perhaps um, uh, he talks about another gospel, right? He, he talks about uh, about receive. Let me let me give it to you in Galatians here. In Galatians, there's a beautiful scripture that um, that he gives you here, and he says, but even if if we or another angel from heaven should proclaim you to you a gospel contrary to the gospel proclaimed to you, let that one be, be accursed. So Paul is very specific here with what he's saying here. And we find that, that when we substitute another gospel, it, it's anything that places your focus and importance over Christ, but it's also anything that removes the cost of discipleship. It's anything that downplays repentance or the need for repentance. Anything that rejects the need for the church or accountability to the church or to a a spiritual group that you're part of. Anything that accommodates sin as a lifestyle is another gospel. Anything anything that tolerates the lesser sins besides the Big Ten, you know, the Ten Commandments. That's why Paul talked about in in 2 Corinthians 12, 20 about, he says, you guys are quarreling, there's jealousy, there's anger, there's selfishness, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. And I find that sometimes we Christians have a bad habit of of cherry-picking sins. We'll say, well, that person has this lifestyle they're living, and it's wrong, and they shouldn't be doing that. But we don't talk about our gossip, or our, or our quarreling, or our jealousy, or our ambitions uh, that are out of order in our lives. So, I want to challenge you today to to think about it. 
Has Satan increased tolerance in your life by minimizing the Bible, by by, uh, minimizing Jesus in your life, by substituting another spirit for the Holy Spirit, and by, by believing, by getting you to believe a gospel that Jesus never gave you to believe? If you find this broadcast a blessing, if it is of value to you, uh, please recommend it to a friend. Check out our website, soul02.com, and our our uh, YouTube. We have quite a bit of material on there now. And please like us and subscribe to our channel. It'll be a great blessing. Till next time, so great to be with you. Thank you so much. God bless. Mm-hmm.